What's up, everybody? It is 531 2019 for a lot of people in the world. It's probably payday. It is the end of May, and this is a special Friday episode only because next week I am headed out on vacation for a little bit, and I am more than excited about just trying to relax a little bit before some of the E3 happenings, and um, yeah, should be a good time. But before we do that, uh, just a reminder, I will be in Washington, D.C. in the middle of June for Shift Happens. You can find a link down below to come hang out. We'll definitely be doing a meetup. If you are in that area, come hang out. Let's talk. Let's talk about stuff. Anyways, a little bit different format for this week, mostly because I think we are going to set a record on the number of questions that came in for this podcast episode. So we're just going to plow through some of the really big highlights of the news, and then we're going to dive into those questions because I think they are going to take up the majority of the episode. And they're really good. They're really good. And they cover a lot of the news that was announced this week, which makes it even better. Uh, A couple quick things. Microsoft is announcing new data centers for Sweden. Uh, The the interesting note here, one, that they are going to be... basically the most sustainable data centers Microsoft has ever built. Zero emissions, 100% uh, renewable energy going into that stuff. Just kind of a neat thing. Microsoft is using these as flagship data centers to kind of show uh, how they can go fully green with their data centers because data centers take up a lot of power and then there's a lot of heat uh, from all those server cores and soon to be uh, xCloud cores and all that good stuff. So uh, just kind of a neat little thing. Uh, Microsoft also made a really weird blog post this week related to Computex. So it was kind of a three-part blog post. And in the top section, they were talking about all the new PCs and form factors that are coming out, just kind of neat stuff from different vendors and all that good stuff. And then the bottom part was talking about some IoT initiatives. And then right just sliced in the middle was this thing talking about a modern OS. And it basically described an OS that is always connected, always updated, um, safe, secure, and all that stuff. But didn't make sense in the context of the post because everything that was described as a modern OS didn't fit the top portion of the blog post that said, hey, here's all these new Windows 10 devices. Here's a modern OS. These two things aren't the same. And you can't run the modern OS that Microsoft is vaguely and randomly describing on this new hardware, at least yet. So it's like, hey, guys, go buy this hardware. Oh, here's a modern OS. Uh, You can't run it. We haven't built it or announced it yet. But, you know, cool. We'll just throw that in an IoT. It didn't make any sense. But what they're doing here is they're trying to like lay the groundwork for Windows Lite. And if you're not familiar with that, just go search for it. Um, you'll be able to find some stuff I've written about it. I think I've been kind of been co- well. I've been covering it exceptionally well. Um, patting myself on the back there for that one. Anyways, it it didn't make sense, and it. It's really odd, and I don't know why Microsoft did this there and then and not even just talk about this stuff at Build. Instead, they went with a Minecraft AR teaser instead of talking about their OS, uh, which is used by more than a billion people around the planet. But, you know, I don't make the marketing decisions for Microsoft. It just, it's really odd if you go look at that blog post. Anyways, so that's going on. Um, Microsoft also is starting to pull the covers back on Game Pass for PC. I've been talking about that for a while. Did a video on it yesterday with some additional information. What you need to know is that they're going to talk more about it at E3. It's going to function exactly like you would expect. Uh, But the bigger news is that Microsoft is saying, hey, we understand that UWP isn't great for game development. And we're going to fully support Win32. uh, Which, if you're not familiar, Win32 is the basic standard for app development on Windows of any generation. And so UWP, if I say it's dead, someone's going to be like, well, I can still develop for it and run the apps. Yes, you absolutely can. But Microsoft's priorities are no longer with the UWP framework. They, they're moving away from that model. And you can scream and cry and do whatever you want. But I'm telling you, UWP, Microsoft is is 
changing the course of the ship um, back to where it was because that's where everybody stayed and not many people went over to that UWP model, mostly because I think Microsoft is expecting PWAs to supplant uh, UWP in the future. So uh, keep that in mind. And then the June Games with Gold for all of you gold subscribers out there. You might as well grab these. They're going to be free. Uh, EA Sports NHL 19 is available June 1 to the 30th on the Xbox One. Rivals of Aether? Aerther, uh, Portal, oh, Portal, still alive, um, and Earth Defense Forces 2070, definitely grab Portal, if you've never played that game, it's, first off, there's tons of memes around it, but it's just, I, I love Portal, that, that is, that is definitely one worth grabbing, and hell, EA Sports and NHL 19 might be worth grabbing, just because, why not? Why wouldn't you grab this stuff? Anyways, so we're gonna dive into the questions here, like I said, I'm gonna refresh the thread, we have a ton of them to dig into, a lot of them to dig into. So here we go. Silent Hero 117 says, I watched First Ring Daily this morning, which is another podcast I do. You can find that on Twitter. Um, were you and Power talking about the death of UWP? I'm not challenging you on this, as I think you guys are right uh, on this one. But what does this mean for the app vision that Microsoft had originally or currently had for their store? Why would developers or a company publish to the Microsoft Store now? I get with all the games and games for PC and all that good stuff, but I don't see any compelling reasons to bring your app to the store. And he's not wrong. Is Microsoft coming up with a new strategy for the store, or is this one of the first steps towards disintegration of the Microsoft store? Very interesting question, because here's here's his point, right? So when they unveiled UWP, UWP was supposed to be this containerized app package thing, and the only place to get them was through the Microsoft store, and it was going to be a curated place of all the safe stuff. We all know the app store model, because everybody's doing it, Google, Apple, all that good stuff. And so Microsoft used UWP because the idea was you could write one application, it would run on the PC, it would run on the Xbox, it would run on the phone, it would run on your HoloLens, and all of that. In that, that never really materialized in any meaningful way for really just about anybody. The model didn't work all that great. And so what we see Microsoft doing now is they're backtracking, right? They're, they're backtracking on what UWP originally was focused to be. It used to be that if to be called a UWP, it had to be universal and run on everything. And then all of a sudden they started introducing more features and then there could be UWPs that only ran on the PC and they weren't really universal. So what we're seeing is Microsoft basically taking what was originally the UWP framework and expanding it to include more features. But by doing that, it's breaking the UWP original vision. And because of that, does that mean that you can now bring non-UWPs into the store? Yes, you can. We've already seen some of that um, from Microsoft itself, actually. And so why would somebody build something for the store? There's a couple reasons why you might. Discoverability has always been a strength of an app store, right? People go in and type, they, well, they want a, a note-taking app or whatever. That's a good way to get discovered because it's a lot, the, the potential solutions that come up in a search result are much smaller in an app store than say uh, Google, for, for example. So that's one reason why you might do that. And UWP, don't get me wrong, it's not going away. Like Microsoft's not gonna announce next week that hey, all UWP apps are no longer supported in Windows. That You can still build a UWP app and still make a great, beautiful application and it'll run and you'll get some of the benefits uh, or all of the benefits of the UWP framework. You won't get all the benefits of Win32 but it still works and it's gonna work for a while. Um, I don't think they will ever fully do it. What I think they would do is just allow you to be able to run UWP else, I don't know. Um, I, I actually, I kind of think wonder if they're gonna have a bridge as they call it, like a UWP to PWA bridge or something like that. But why would you build this today? I don't have a great 
reason for that. If you're building an application that needs high performance and all the benefits of Windows, you got to go Win32. You're going to have a better experience. The user is going to have a better experience. You'll lose some of that discoverability. What I think they might do with the store is, is crack that nut and allow potentially Win32 apps into the store um, if they can find a way to virtualize them meaning run them in a container, meaning they can guarantee the security. That is the big issue with bringing just a, a random generic Win32 app in. It's not that Microsoft can't do it. It's that there's that security benefit that you get through the store. And it's a lot easier to hide crapware inside of a Win32 instead of a UWP. Tourniquet says, is Andromeda still a thing inside of Microsoft? Yes and no. Um, Andromeda exists. It's still there. It It's still kind of being tinkered with, but it doesn't have a release date. It's just kind of on the shelf of stuff that they've built. And when the time is right, they will go back to it. I've actually seen the device. Um, I can't, if you find me someday, I can maybe show it to you. But Andromeda is still there. It's just not, doesn't have a ship date. I don't know what the exact status of the product. I don't know if 75 people go in. Well, actually, I know 75 people are not working on this every single day, but it's still being tinkered with and toyed with. And when they can find a compelling reason to release it, they will. I suspect that we will see a larger version of that technology uh, from Microsoft in the near-ish, near-ish future. Uh, Usman says, given that Ice Lake has four full speed Thunderbolt 3 ports integrated Wi-Fi 6. Is Surface still planning to go with AMD? So I wrote about this a while ago. Uh, Microsoft has a roadmap where they clearly lay out the, the path for using an AMD product in a Surface device. Now, his question is, are they going to do this uh, across the entire line? No, I, I don't think they're like abandoning Intel by any means. Microsoft and Intel have had some issues, a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but they're not abandoning Intel. They're still going to be using Intel. I just think we might see one SKU have the AMD processor in it. And if you look at what AMD just announced, it's going to be good stuff. It, I suspect that it might potentially be on the lower end. I don't, I don't quite know, but typically when we think of AMD and Intel, Intel's got like the high extreme performance and AMD's got the, AMD's got the good value performance. T historically, historically, I know there's people are going to be saying Threadripper, but yeah, but I don't, they're, they're not going to toss a Threadripper into a mobile surface device, something like that. So I, I'm still hearing that AMD is on the uh, horizon. Same with uh, an, a Snapdragon power device as well. So uh, Ezab says, did I miss something about 19H2? Is Microsoft skipping it? Is the next major release going to be 20H1? What's the big secret? So I think you kind of just hit it on the head. I think the next big release is going to be 20H1. I've heard, but I cannot verify that 19H2, for those who aren't familiar, by the way, Microsoft does two releases, um, 19H1, which is the first half of 19, which is the May update that just rolled out. And then there's 19H2, which is the second half, because Microsoft has been pushing two updates, despite our pleas not to, a year for Windows 10. And so uh, 19H2, I believe, is just going to be more of a minor bug fix patch stabilization release rather than a feature update. So you are correct in to assume that the next major update is going to be 20H1. I think 19H2 is just going to be a, a solid and rock steady performance fix, which is what the model should be anyways. Because if you think about it, Microsoft supports the fall release or 19H2 for 30 months for businesses. The 20 or 19H1 is only supported for 18 months because it's a feature release and it's not not designed for business. So it would make sense. You shove out a bunch of features in the spring, get them all nice and tidy and rock solid, ship them in the fall, support that for 30 months. That model makes a lot more sense than trying to ship features all the time and getting crapware out there and having issues. So I think that makes a lot more sense. Delta Prime says, do you believe Windows Lite will be purchasable for DIY systems or will it be restricted to pre-built systems? So 
this is a good question. And I don't know if Microsoft knows yet. Um, here's what I do know. I do know that if you get the bits, you can download and install it today. So there's nothing, I don't think, stopping you from installing it if you can get your hands on it. I just don't know if Microsoft is going to allow that. You got to remember things like Windows RT, which I know is a different can of worms, um, but you could never really buy that. You just had to buy hardware with it. So I don't know the model that Microsoft is going to take yet. I, but knowing that it runs on Intel hardware, or x86, I should say, I don't see why you should, why you couldn't. So it, it's going to kind of depend on what Microsoft wants to do. Uh, Roland says, uh, Brad, do you have any thoughts on Intel CPU announced at Computex? 10 nanometer Ice Lake Y and U-Series 5 to 38. And tab okay, so here's, here's the big thing that I'm excited about with the new generation of Intel chips. AMD, we talked about a little bit about them um, on a different video, but Intel's got new chips as well. And you can't underscore the value or the, the context that Intel typically sets the benchmark for single core, single core, single thread performance. They're, they're good at it. There's no other way to describe it. And so this week they announced their much delayed and much awaited 10 nanometer chips. And so here's my thoughts on this. I'm a big fan of Thunderbolt 3. I want everything in every place to have it. And I want it to just be as ubiquitous as USB. Granted, we're not quite there yet. And we're not going to get there this generation yet. Um, we're working towards it. And there's already some issues around USB 4 because USB 4 will support Thunderbolt 3, but it may not be full bandwidth. It's going to be a mess. Ice Lake supports a lot of Thunderbolt 3 connections natively at the CPU level. You don't need the additional controller, which means it's going to be more uh, prevalent to everybody, which is a good thing because that is how you're going to be able to take a Surface device if Microsoft goes this way, like a Surface Pro, and finally be able to run two 4K monitors at 60 hertz. That is not possible today on a Surface Pro. And so with the new chipsets, that will become poss possible. There'll finally be enough bandwidth because it looks like Thunderbolt 3 has to be included uh, with the new chips. And so I've actually, I'm almost, I got to check my documentation. I'm almost positive that the next gen stuff will have Thunderbolt 3 built in. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, super, oh, super, super Greg Numa says, <laughs> I'm terrible with names. Uh, two questions. Once currently, if you have Xbox Game Pass, you can play Xbox game, Xbox consoles games, but you but you can also play Xbox Play Anywhere games on your PC. Will Game Pass for PC be a different skew? Aren't all Xbox first party games supposed to be console play anywhere? If Game Pass for PC is a separate SKU subscription, how will they differentiate it since you can already play? Okay, interesting question. Basically, he's saying if you have an Xbox Game Pass, you can or uh, if it's an Xbox Play Anywhere title, you can already play those things. Why would you pay for an additional uh, Xbox? PC Game Pass. So here's the one thing to take away. If you're paying for Ultimate, I have heard that Ultimate Xbox Game Pass Ultimate will include both devices. Now I'm looking for into some evidence that was shipped my way that says, hey, there is going to be a PC specific only version. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're gonna have to buy Game Pass and and on it would not make sense to buy Game Pass for a console and Game Pass for a PC and have that not be just one subscription. I think that's actually how it's going to be. I'm curious to see what's going to happen to Play Anywhere. I think the Play Anywhere thing might kind of go away. Just it's from a pure branding perspective because it gets messy because then you have Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Play Anywhere, and all this stuff. And so I wonder if they're going to kind of just streamline that announcement or, or that model or that marketing to make it easier to understand because this is the exact point that why would you buy the PC Game Pass if you already have Play Anywhere, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I think, again, I'm waiting to see how this garrison application plays out and makes this stuff easier to understand. And then he says, with xCloud allowing you to stream next-gen games to phones and PCs, the assumption would be you could stream next-gen games to your current Xbox One console. How will they incentivize consumers to migrate hardware generation? Because this is an easier one to answer because you will get a better experience running natively than trying to stream from the cloud. The cloud will be a good experience. At least that's what I'm hearing. That's what Microsoft is pitching. Uh, and again, until we get our own hands on it, we cannot, can't make any assumptions or yet until, again, we're, we're playing this at our own homes. Ouch, just hit my elbow on the table. The reason why you would buy next-gen hardware is because you will get a better experience. You don't have to worry as much about latency. You don't have to worry about as much about your broadband connection because you got to remember there's a lot of factors at play, right? You got to look at your own internet connection, your connection to Microsoft, how big is the game and all that good stuff. And so it, there will definitely be incentives to buy hardware because for the people who want the absolute best experience, the traditional console will still trump that of the cloud streaming services for now. Access Junkie says, would you expect to see HoloLens 2 technology to appear or at all in soon to be announced Windows Mixed Reality headsets? Or do you think Microsoft will abandon Windows Mixed Reality? I don't think they're going to abandon it. So here's kind of the way it's played out so far. Microsoft has let Windows Mixed Reality be a partner solution, right? We have Dell, Acer, HP, all these guys building the headsets. And Microsoft is sticking to the AR, the, the uh, HoloLens stuff. And so... I don't think Microsoft is going to abandon it. It doesn't make sense. There are use cases, and I, I believe these headsets are selling. But again, there's still more kind of corporate things to help you kind of visualize and 3D see things. Basically, if you want the benefits of HoloLens, but you don't want to spend the money from a corporation perspective, you just go buy a Windows Mixed Reality headset, and you can get a damn near similar experience um, than a HoloLens. Granted, HoloLens is a little bit more fancy, more flashy, I, I, I know. But if you think about it from a 3D modeling perspective, you want to see something in 3D and you can just toss one of those headsets on and there you go. I still laugh that they made a SharePoint plugin for Windows Mixed Reality, which made no sense, but still technically there. Alita, uh, uh, Ellen Daline, I, again, I'm horrific at pronouncing names and I apologize. Will Halo Infinite be a next-gen exclusive? No. Uh, I'm talking about native play, not streaming. It, it's not, I'm almost positive it's going to span both consoles. Um, I, I've heard that that is going to happen. Now, granted, I guess technically it could still be a next-gen exclusive, but that seems a bit dicey to lock it into that, especially if they're looking for sales and player base. Um, it's going to need to span both generations. There seems to be some confusion about this now since the article will not be named, said next-gen releases would play on current Xbox. This has caused some people to whine about next-gen gaming games being hamstrung by the Xbox One S. That's a fair assumption, but I would have to think that Microsoft already knows how to optimize this. you got to remember that Microsoft has the, the cash flow to support both platforms right i think they're going to be i think it's going to be on both that that is what i've heard granted that stuff could change because you got to remember this stuff is more than a year away and they could scrap anything at any time but uh what we're going to see next week we will definitely see some next gen uh console graphics out of halo infinite i believe i believe we will see that i got to double check my notes i'm working on a post next week that will have this stuff in a lot more detail um <clears throat> but i i'm pretty sure that they will have it on both consoles. And it says, also, if you heard any info on what Xbox SAD or uh, Xbox One S All Digital Edition is still so expensive, I have not. This has been a botched launch, and Microsoft better get their stuff together, to put it politely, before they launch their next-gen consoles, because this has been another failed Xbox release. It does not make sense in just about any capacity. 
So GameZone says, so recent rumors suggest that UWP is dead. Wasn't State of Decay through the Xbox Insider program a way for Microsoft to test UWP between consoles and PCs? No, that 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 is not that is not correct. That was a way for Microsoft to test effectively Xbox games on Windows. So they were using the you got to remember they were using the Xbox distribution system, the Xbox basically network and pipeline and store models. Uh, not the not the Microsoft Store, but the Xbox Store. So it was a way for them to bring or, or test Xbox game packaging on Windows 10. So not not UWP. That that's the big difference. So uh, Corey McCowan says, with all the talk of Light OS, have you heard if they are planning for it to be available on new hardware, or would you be able to install it? it wow, two people asking that question. A lot of a lot of a lot of people interested in this stuff. Uh, again, just roll back time in the video, but I still think that we don't know yet. I, what I can explicitly tell you is that if you got the bits, you can install it. So just remember that. Uh, geez. uh says, uh, what are your thoughts on the new Microsoft Xbox policy? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what that was referring to, but then he says, you think people should avoid buying codes from online marketplaces like CD keys and G2 so here's buying keys is an interesting thing um I, I do have a lot of kind of mixed opinions on on one aspect just going to the microsoft store is the safest way to buy this stuff but i also don't like the idea of it only being the only safe option and there needs to be more ways for people to buy games for other vendors um, to be able to sell the stuff because there's a huge market there and other companies can offer built-in services or bundles that their own or offer sales outside of what Microsoft and Sony and Steam dictate. And so you got to be careful where you buy a third-party key, but there needs to be a model or a system of verification where we know that you can buy genuine keys easily at discounts because everybody is, should be entitled to sell this stuff. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. And um, I'm a big fan of the partner model that Microsoft uses for just about all their other stuff. And so it would be nice if we had other places to go buy this stuff on the PC that was safe. I know you can already buy stuff elsewhere, but I think everyone has Googled, hey, is it safe to buy uh, codes from CD keys? And then you get a bunch of list of mixed reports about whether or not you will get banned for using that stuff. So I, I don't have a great answer about saying whether or not it is a good idea. All I'm saying is that I wish that there was a way to verify quality keys from high quality vendors and allow that third party model to exist. Eric Palms 200 says, with Windows Lite on the horizon, what is Microsoft's plans for the App Store? Will they be implementing a new App Store that could run Android apps and ditch UWP? Or will apps come from PWIs using the Chromium based edge? Here's a fun fact that I have never mentioned before. Microsoft, remember? Remember a while ago, Microsoft made a big deal that they were going to go scrape the web for PWAs and ingest them into the store automatically. I was going to say automatically, but automatically. That was, they pitched this, right? To fill out the store, make it feel more robust with PWAs. They've stopped doing that. And I don't know why. And I don't know if it's because of the switch to Chromium. I think that potentially has a big play into it. But Microsoft plans to keep the store around because Windows Lite will make use of it as a place to find things. Now, whether those things are Win32 virtualized apps, whether they are PWAs or UWPs, they still need that model. It, it's not, the store model is not inherently bad. What was bad was the way that Microsoft implemented it and pitched it and tried to get everyone to bring all their old crap over uh, with this new framework and then the framework didn't really work out and all that stuff. So Windows Lite will, I believe, still support the store. I don't think the store is going away, but I do expect that it will become much more of a place to find PWAs 
and potentially virtualized supported apps once Microsoft announces that technology. I was hoping we were going to see it at Build, but we did not. Mr. PKI says, do you think we will see a new Elite controller at Xbox uh, at E3 this month? I hope we do, but I have not heard that we will. I, I don't know what, I think it's called Washburn maybe, or maybe that was the white one. I can't remember. Um, I have not heard anything about the next gen or second iteration of the Elite controller, which makes me very sad in the heart because I want a new one because this one is just falling apart. Falling apart, falling apart. Uh, Drunken Git says, there's been some talk of the power of the next-gen consoles, but do you think there'll be other changes that might surprise the consumer, such as controller changes? What do you think about some of the new laptops coming out with OLED 4K, OLED, OLED or dual screens? Why did I, oh, OLED's another question. So there will be some minor changes to the controller. I believe, I don't have one of the older ones here. Um, I believe the one of the changes is that it'll be USB Type-C. Microsoft actually has USB Type-C Xbox One current generation controllers built. Like they've made some, they just haven't updated the design for the old stuff because um, the connection up here, the, the older USB is actually one of the weaker points of the controller and they've actually had higher than expected breakage point there from people trying to charge and stuff and, and plug it all in. And so I believe the next generation will do use USB Type-C. As for other changes, there might be minor things, but honestly, I hope they don't change them too much because I personally think that the Xbox controller is the best in the industry. I think it's much better than the PlayStation. I'm not a big fan of the PlayStation's one. They have parallel thumbsticks. Um, I like the offset design much better. It's much more ergonomic. And so I hope they don't change the controllers too much. Uh, and then 4K and dual screens. Oh, he said OLED in the question. I can't read. I love OLED displays. Granted, OLED PC displays, I would personally not buy one right now. The problem with OLED displays is that they don't, they haven't solved the pixel retention or ghosting issue where if you have something on a screen for a long time and then you change the display, it, it retains that image. They have not fixed that yet. And they've, they're working on some technology. I personally would not buy an OLED um, display for a PC. That is my personal opinion. Feel free to change uh, my mind. I would buy one as a TV for like your, you know, your TV stuff and all that good things because OLED displays, especially like on a phone are beautiful. They've done a wonderful job and 4k designs. Yeah. I, I, higher the resolution, the better. I, I'm a big fan of high resolution stuff. The dual screen stuff is a little interesting. Um, there's an Asus one out there that has just a display. It, it, it's like a giant touch bar from Apple. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. These things, I'm sure, certainly have their use cases in their, their probably niche or niche, whatever you want to call it. For myself, I personally don't think I need one, at least not yet. I haven't seen a compelling reason. That being said, I do support the idea of trying to change up the form factor, right? We've had a basic clamshell laptop design for a very, very long time and someone who can find new use cases and new designs. Uh, I'm all about it. You got to push the boundaries and sometimes you'll win. Most of the times you'll fail. But until you find that perfect form factor, you got to remember, well, I don't have one here. The Surface Pro form factor didn't exist until basically the Pro 3 launched. And yeah, now everybody makes that stuff. So uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan FTW says, uh, how many people do you think will be able to sign up for xCloud public testing? I Do you think public testing will be start shortly after E3 or later this year? I think it'll be later this year because currently they're doing the at-home testing with Microsoft employees. And they will do that for a while because the worst thing that can happen with xCloud is they announce it, release it to the public. And then all of a sudden they get a bunch of bad press about how laggy it is or it doesn't work at home. 
I also think it's going to be very limited public testing to certain demographics because, again, you've got to be close to a server. You've got to be close to a data center region that supports it. So that is the first thing. Um, two, you're going to have to have the bandwidth that Microsoft has not defined yet to support that service. We know that Stadia is, is pretty high. And then three, they're going to keep it limited because they don't want to overload the servers, right? They want max compute performance for the first adopters. And so, yeah, that's... Um, I don't think it's going to be like just here everybody come sign up and get in I, I eventually don't get me wrong it might be like that but i don't think day one it will be like that uh john lauer says uh will the surface pro 7 likely arrive before the end of the year i'm due for an upgrade but don't really want to wait until 2020 yes there is an october as of today there is an october hardware event being planned by microsoft that i believe will have the next generation uh surface pro and then he also asks, says, given that UWP is now dead, what happens to apps made to run on HoloLens and IoT devices? I don't understand this very well, but don't you need UWP for those platforms? So UWP, when I say it's dead, I mean, it's no longer a priority for Microsoft and they're not going to be updating it in any meaningful way other than kind of backporting some of the UWP to stuff over to Win32. IoT, Edge stuff, all that good stuff, it's still going to run UWP and still support UWP, but just don't expect Microsoft to be dumping a whole bunch of money into developing, continuing to develop the framework. Uh, Challensworth says, considering how the Xbox One X had true 4K tech, 4K tech back in 2016, when 4K was considered a little bit out of range for range for at the time, do you think it's possible that Xbox Anaconda to have true 8K as Microsoft blows us away, blew us away back in 2016? 8K, so it's the overhead of compute is not a linear solution um, going from like 1080p to 4k so i mean it's very hockey stick like um, because the compute needed for 8k versus 4k i don't know the exact math but it's typically an exponential gain it's not just oh you just need twice the horsepower um, that's not typically how it works you need a lot of bandwidth now that being said i believe the hdmi spec that they will be using for the next gen stuff will support h 8k i almost said hk uh Harman Kardon, that's what I was thinking. Uh, it will support 8K. Now, will Microsoft be pushing a games that support that? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think we're going to see also see a new updated um, dashboard design, by the way. I'm hearing that. And then he says, do you think Microsoft will put the new Edge in the Xbox OS? I kind of hope so. It doesn't really make sense to keep the legacy Edge back there. I, I point back there because this console plays on that back there. Um, I do think that they will eventually do that. I don't know the exact timeline, but it would make a lot of sense to do that. So, all right, guys, that has been, there were tw roughly 25 questions that came in. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're going to be working on some other video potentially going up today, but next week I will be doing my E3 preview post that I have done for the past several years. And um, I, I think it's going to be a great show and I'm looking forward to vacation. Have yourselves a wonderful Friday.